0: Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Sis. Labyrinth Brewing opened up in 2018 with a three-man team made up of home brewers with some business experience and a lot of commitment to beer. They refurbished a 135-year-old space in Manchester, Connecticut, a small city not far from Hartford. I spoke with co-founder and former librarian Adam Delora, about how his relatively new brewery is trying to thrive during this coronavirus crisis. Let's listen in.
1: I'm Adam Delora. I'm one of the owners of Labyrinth Brewing Company. Um, And how I came to Labyrinth is, you know, through two friends of mine, you know, my other partners, Chris and Sean, we kind of went to school together. We grew up together. And at the same point in life, we started homebrewing uh, independently at first. And then, you know, that sort of formed into a homebrew club. You know, from, you know, a drunken garage conversation in the fall of 2015 until the summer of 2018, we we spent that time, you know, working out our business plan and building our brewery. I mean, we kind of figured that we were old enough, where we had enough experience collectively, we could probably make this work, and but we're also young enough that if it didn't work, we could probably still go get a job afterwards.
0: I like that you you found the sweet spot, um, yeah,
1: absolutely, you know, and at the time, you know none of us had any children or anything, so it's like you know at the end of the day, it's really just myself that i'm uh, that I'm risking sure. so
0: and you're so, you're kind of ramping up your business just as there was that swell uh, that, you know, might be on hiatus right now, but certainly a swell. There, there was even, you know, uh, quite, there was a little mini bubble right there in Manchester. You guys had, I think at one point, four breweries right around the same time. What <clears throat> are the advantages and disadvantages of growing into a brewery during a time of statewide expansion?
1: Um, You know, the advantage is foot traffic. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the the passport so when we first opened up there were it was just uh there weren't as many breweries when we first opened up right. and so on the weekends you know you'd get a couple people with the passport and you know they'd come get their flight they have another beer and leave now well i mean now no one's coming to our tap room but prior to the current <laughs> situation um you know as soon as you know we had two other breweries open up in manchester last year right As soon as both of those places opened up, practically back to back from each other, within a couple months, weekend foot traffic increased. That's great. um, Mostly because people came with a passport and they had either heard of one of the other breweries and not had heard of us yet, or they had heard of us but didn't wanna make the trip all the way out to Manchester just to visit us. (laughs) But then they heard these other places were there and they're like, well, heck, if I can hit two or three other places or three or four places, now I'm gonna make the trip out there.
0: Right right so i mean that's definitely
1: an advantage you know and i like being able to point people and say hey you like this beer well go a half mile in that direction or a half mile in that direction and support these other guys
0: um you know let's take us back to uh two months ago you know when things were relatively normal um what 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 would a typical visit to labyrinth look like um do you uh did you have uh bottles and uh, or cans Outside of what you can get in the tap room or is it just tap room uh, only?
1: yeah, so you know we certainly have our tap room, you know it's two thousand square feet and you know it's a I mean that our tap room is our bread and butter most of the beer we produce we sell in that tap room um, we also we do have a handful of brands that we can and are out in the greater manchester area at a bunch of uh, accounts you know package stores you can get our cans we're on tap at a bunch of the local restaurants in manchester and a bunch of the surrounding towns uh we started 2020 with you know the the idea that we were going to expand that even further you know um and we'll see how that <laughs> we'll see how that shakes out now you know
0: so you get the news, or it starts the you know the 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 uh, news cycle starts to be focusing on um, coronavirus, mm-hmm. and you know word is going to start to spread. Hey, this is going to impact uh, congregating, and of course that's going to impact breweries. What were some of your first decisions?
1: Um, well, one of the first decisions was to look at the brew schedule and see how we could adjust that based on a you know a either a reduced occupancy in the tap room or zero occupancy in the tap room so you know going back to that you know 12 to 15 brands that we have label approvals for i mean legally that's all we can put in cans unless we get labels designed and approved which you know isn't that much of a challenge but that takes time so we basically redid the brew schedule and said okay well we have a label for this beer we're gonna brew this one maybe we would have brewed it further out in the year but now let's get ready to focus more on putting beer in cans because at the end of the day if i can all of this beer and this turns out to not really be a big deal and we're all healthy and everyone's safe and we go back to normal in two weeks i can serve that beer in the tap room out of a can if worse comes to worse or i could sell it to a package store if worse comes to worse but at least you know it, it, and it's not stuck in a keg. Whereas if I just put it in a keg, people aren't coming to my tap room right now to have a pint. So now, now I'm kind of stuck with all these you know these tanks full of beer with no vessel to put them in. You know, so that.
0: And did you make choices in terms of uh, which ones to can? Was it based on style or popularity? Uh,
1: definitely based on style and popularity. You know, fortunately we have a, a pretty good mix of beers uh, with approved labels that have done really well in the marketplace so we you know some of the beers we would have like we have a uh, a lime goza we were going to brew a little later in the year i actually just brewed it last week so we can can it in a couple weeks um just to give a little more variety because you know certainly a lot of the, the the canned varieties are ipas so um you know we're kind of looking at what what's a really good spread so that if our only offerings come down to what we have in cans can you still, you know, can we still provide that variety of styles that we provide in the taproom? You know, how do we make this as as like the taproom experience as possible? And that was kind of the
0: thought. Sure. Um, let's look to um, uh, innovations and the future. Right. Um, what have you guys done differently? It sounds like, you know, shifting to cans. Yep. That's the big one. Anything else that you've done differently that you've, you've had to innovate in terms of uh, your interaction with customers or your business model? Yeah.
1: So like on the business side of things, we've definitely like prior to this, um, you know, pandemic being in the news headlines and coming down the pipeline, you know, we operated on like with a, a just in time inventory model. You know, if I'm brewing on Tuesday, the grains for that brew show up Friday before maybe Monday before, I mean, There have been times where, you know, the hops for the beer that I'm brewing, they're showing up in the morning and, you know, they're here just in time to put it in. Right. Just because, you know, as a as a small operation, we don't have a lot of storage space. So and that and for the first, you know, 18 months of us being open, that worked well. You know, we had a good relationship with our suppliers and there were no hiccups in the supply chain. Obviously, now that's not that's not as dependable or reliable anymore. So now we find ourselves, you know, ordering out a lot further, you know? I mean, even I'm sure if you've talked to anybody in the brewing industry, we are all looking for crowlers and we're all looking for cans and we're all looking for growlers. So, you know, we've certainly reevaluated how many of those, you know, when is the reorder point, right? So, sure. I mean, that's like a bunch of boring factory stuff, you know, like to keep that running. Like how do we get our supplies? Cause I mean, obviously without our raw materials, we don't have a product.
0: No, exactly it's this, it's those kind of things that in in uh, when you're first building the business, I don't know do you do you even talk about that Do you say, okay let, what, what's our contingency plan for emergencies like you know uh, some sort of catastrophe was that even part of the conversation or is it kind of like, oh, now we have to play like I mean, ketchup?
1: we didn't have a contingency for an extended like global event like this. I mean certainly, how yeah, I know, you? really. Like, you know, that's kind of the joke <laughs> in the office now. It's like, "Oh, man, we didn't plan for a pandemic." No, you know what were we thinking? Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: a uh, 99 things. Yeah, but not I mean, that. we certainly yeah.
1: did plan for, you know, I mean, extended outage if if there's, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to sound like an old person now cuz I keep saying this, but like, you know, remember that October storm from like 2010 or 2011 where people were out of power for 15 sure. days or whatever? Sure, we had a plan in place like, "Okay, what if there's no power?" You know, and the glycol chiller goes down and we can't be open. And, you know, how do we work with that? But nobody had and a plan for what happens to to if expand. we can't be open for two months, you know?
0: Right, right. You have to expand your imagination in terms of tragedy yeah. uh, and, and for all the things that could beset uh, yeah. a small business. <clears throat> um, now, the the idea here is that, you know, we hope that um, eventually things will get back online, although it might. I mean, we're talking on the March... 29th, uh, 2020, there's, you know, word in the air that, that, that uh, Connecticut might even go through some sort of quarantine, which would be even, you know, which would be even worse. But uh, let's imagine that we're looking into the future. What is it going to look like based on your experience? Let's let's start with Labyrinth. What is Ooh, Labyrinth going to look like, yeah. do you think, based on your experience? You know,
1: this is, this is like the toughest uh, question to answer and something that, you know, the guys and I are always reevaluating every day based on the information we have, you know, we're sort of in this wait and see yeah. time period, you know, where every day there's different information. So it's almost impossible to make the right business decisions because we don't know what's hap- going to happen. You know, will we be closed mm-hmm. till April? Will we be closed till June? Is this going to last till longer than that? You know what I mean? S- but I will say that, you know, barring any sort of like, you know, long term lockdown where nobody's going anywhere, no one's going to package stores to buy our beer, no one's coming for curbside pickup, you know, and hopefully we all emerge from this, you know, and we still have some semblance of a business, no matter how different it's changed. I think, you know, at least one of the things we're going to hang on to is a lot of the virtual sort of interaction that we're doing with our patrons now you know we've been trying to sort of extend the tap room out to the community as best as we can we've been doing like a virtual happy hour on friday nights where you know it's like an unscripted conversation between uh you know my partners and i and and the two members of our management team that are our skeleton crew you know kind of just having a beer talking about the week what new beers are coming out taking questions how do you put that out what's that
0: how do you put um, that Right out? now we're
1: doing it on Facebook Live. And so we just start streaming around 7 o'clock and we, uh, you know, every week we get food from different local places that are doing takeout and we tag them and just kind of, you know, it's sort of like the same type of banter we would have if we were standing behind the beer, uh, behind the bar pouring you a beer, you know, like what's going on, how you doing, you know, whatever, that sort of stuff.
0: Well, I, I appreciate your time and I wish uh, you all the best. Uh, anything else uh, the folks need to need to understand about your plight or the, the future of, uh, of, of beer? Uh, you know, I think,
1: I mean, I don't know. The only thing I'm going to say is that, you know, it might seem like this is a really troubling time, and maybe not all of us breweries are going to make it, and maybe not all the breweries that are in planning are going to actually make it to, to the finish line, and that's unfortunate. I'm hoping that Labyrinth is in the category of breweries that does make it, But I think, you know, overall, at the end of this, the breweries that do emerge from this will be a lot stronger. And especially for a lot of us younger breweries, if we didn't have really good business skills prior, I think we're going to learn them really quick, you know, as far as managing things in a crisis and and evolving and just being flexible. So I'm kind of hoping that this makes those breweries that survive a little bit stronger and then. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, when we're all kind of hanging around in the bar, having having another beer, you know.
0: My thanks uh, goes out to Adam. If you want to learn more or order beer from um, Labyrinth, uh, go to labyrinthbrewingcompany.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please look for my beer snob column in the Waterbury Republican American newspaper this Friday. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm at beer BeersnobWrites. Please subscribe to my podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean. And you can contact me at beer.snob at yahoo.com. Thanks a lot, and stay safe.